Hello and welcome in to season six, episode one of Podcast Sixty Three. It feels good to be back. Um, we were talking before this, just like about trying to figure out what season we're on, <laughs> and it it's wild to me that it's season six. I think I probably said the same thing last year when I when it was season five, but uh, six years is something that just feels I don't know. That feels like something something we've established. So it's just really cool. I, I'm sure you can all hear I'm smiling ear from from ear to ear. Uh, but this year we will be providing you all with the same great content that you all are used to. Um, we are going to be talking game recaps. We will be talking recruiting. We'll be talking schedule, A10 conference, um, and everything kind of in between. And I'm sure there will be lots of goofy stories along the way. Um, but we are back. And Lou, how are you doing? How is your – did you get like a, a nice setup up in the rafters yet? Or what kind of accommodations are you looking at for season six? Yeah, season six, um, pretty much set on the rafters. Again, I, I think I, I'm tired of this already. I would like a new new arena, but that's a little bullish of me, right? New conference was hard enough for us last year. So, no, uh, again, we have a full schedule from beginning to end, um, all set and ready to go. I think that's the biggest thing. And uh, really now just, again, like, like we saw um, across the nation, practice opened up for a lot of teams, and I think this is a great way for us to open – open our season as well yeah so on this one we will be talking about our schedule so we'll go over that i know we talked a little bit about the non-conference like rumors or or just sort of non-confirmed uh games but we'll we have all those confirmed now so we're talking about that uh we will be talking about the a10 conference just kind of as a whole just kind of some takeaways some teams that look good maybe some teams that don't look as good and I know there's one team in particular that we very much disagree about, uh, and we will be using the Almanac uh, to help us uh, form some opinions and also just give us some uh, thoughts and opinions about that all. And then we'll end with a little bit of recruiting talk uh, and where we're at uh, as, a, as a program with that because it has been uh, a tumultuous ride, I think, the last couple months. So we'll give you all an update on that. But, um, yeah, we'll be right back, so don't forget, and always remember, go Blurs. He jumps, he passes out to Hunter, Hunter shoots, off the rim, Ralph Gifford scores, it's over, it's over, we won, we won the ball game, Viola won the ball game, oh, we won, 60 to 58. And we are back. So, uh, let's start with the schedule, uh, let's start with... Uh, the thing that we've all been waiting for, um, I don't know how every year it just feels like it takes so long for us to get the schedule. It feels longer and longer, but um, we uh, have it now in front of us. So uh, we'll just kind of, I don't know, maybe I'll just go over some highlights. Um, and I know we talked about it a little bit earlier, but um, some games I'm really looking forward to. That that Florida Atlanta game, game really a game one of the season because we play – uh, I don't know if it's technically an exhibition. I think it is. Yeah, it's an exhibition, yeah. Against an NAIA team. And then, yeah, pretty much game one, FAU uh, at Wintrust in Chicago, uh, which is super cool. Is it at, wait, is it at Wintrust or is it at... Um, yeah, it's at uh, Wintrust. Okay, it is. Okay, I couldn't remember if it was there or where the Bulls play. So, FAU game one, I think that'll just be awesome. Um, 
you know, they're returning a lot of players, so I don't even know if it's like obviously I hope we're gonna win, but I don't think it's a fair expectation to win that game. But I just hope it's a good game because it'll get a lot of attention. Um, everyone is pro- already making it out to be the Cinderella versus Cinderella, uh, so I think hanging tight and having a good game would be fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to that that UIC game every year, I, almost every year. I just think it's a great rivalry, and they're just they continue they continue to want to play us. So really looking forward to that. Uh, Creighton and uh, our MTE, I think that's a great matchup. Um, I think uh, going to play at Tulsa will be a really good test. I think that's a fun, uh, you know, a little bit of travel. It's our first true road game, and actually our only true road game um, of the non-con. So uh, get, going out there, getting a win would be pretty huge. Um, and then, yeah, just right before the new year, right before um, Atlantic 10 play starts, playing against Central Michigan, um, I think that's a, I think that'll be a decent game, um, just to be a, like a, like a tune-up, I think they're, they're pretty solid, uh, you know, they're, they're not like, uh, it's not like we're playing a D2 or something like that, so I think that'll be a good tune-up game to get ready for A10 play, um, and then yeah, heading into A10 play, um, I actually don't remember exactly who our who our two game matchups are, but Lou, you can you can take it away. Tell me some games you're looking forward to, and uh, if you want to kind of jump on the A10 uh, conference play, like uh, what your thoughts are about that. Yeah, overall, again, besides conference play, I think the biggest game is probably going to be that Creighton. Um, I think that first e- their MTE um, Creighton easily a top ten. Uh, team ranked team or at least preseason um so that's going to be probably the biggest one um i'll highlight another kind of uh i guess you could say gimme game right so goshen college uh not a d1 but i think that helps because it's the uh, i believe it's gonna be the saturday before finals um so that's probably going to be what it is for but it also sets up again the nice last three uh trio of games before we get into conference play um yeah i think overall non-con really decent I think it prepares us for a little challenging, right, with uh, the MTE, but also hopefully not too challenging where we can't get um, some wins. Also, you shocked me. Even my eyes deceived me. What a true only one road game of the non-con. Mm-hmm. Again, MTE and, um, and the Southern Florida games are all at neutral sites, so kind of took me away there by surprise. But, yeah, we, um, we're, we're running right into uh, conference play with St. Louis, um, and then we get some back-to-back home games. So, again, I think a, a solid one. I just need to take a step back here um, and talk about whoever schedules these games um, with Loyola. I don't know how you put SLU on a Tuesday night um, and then also how, uh, how you uh, do that. Like, that just that just doesn't make sense. Uh, SLU should be um, uh, a Friday night game or maybe a Saturday. Uh, just uh, I think that just makes uh, way more sense. But... We'll figure that out maybe one year to get Slew at a, as, a, as a Friday night game. But, yeah, again, we're playing some teams for the first time at their place. Uh, that's something to call out, right? Like Fordham, I know, we're first time we're playing there. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one for sure. Um, some interesting travels. Again, D.C., that Fairfax game. Um, we'll, we'll probably see the boys stay out there, right? But, yeah, I think, um, or I think the non-conference is pretty strong. And I think the conference is always going to be strong with this large set of school uh, schools. Um, but again, biggest surprise almost for conference. We're going to talk about it. 
still a Tuesday start for the tournament for the for the conference tournament. They uh, they seem to like it. Uh, personally, I'm in, I'm different to it. I don't I don't like a Tuesday start, um, but I totally understand uh, they want to give some guys a rest. So I'm not 100% against it. Just I'm being a little petty about how I would like a, a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, not a Wednesday, Thursday, um, if it all comes to all. But, yeah, that's the schedule. Again, we'll probably do a deep dive more. But, uh, yeah, again, the Creighton game is probably my biggest circle, Buck. I don't know about you, but uh, things could change a whole season with that type of game for sure. Yeah, yeah, and just kind of getting more toward, like, conference play, too. Like, our, our matchups that we play against, uh, play twice against, um, getting slew twice, uh, George Mason twice, uh, Davidson twice, and then the last one is St. Joe's. So, I actually, I think we got a pretty good, like, split here. St. Joe's, I think, is going to be pretty good, um, but slew, Mason, and uh, Davidson all... In my opinion, are probably like uh, they're more on the second half or the the bottom half of the conference, rather. So I think that kind of those matchups. I mean, I think overall we got a pretty good draw there, uh, as opposed to playing Dayton twice or um, something like that. So, so yeah, I think overall I think it's a good thing. I I wanted to mention that too that you mentioned uh, going out and getting George Mason and then going right to George Washington. Uh, like yeah, I, I think I hope they stay out there because that just makes a lot of sense to <laughs> to not have to fly back and forth or travel back and forth. So I'm, I'm glad that I, whoever made the schedule. I don't know if it's random or if they. I, I feel like that that was definitely on purpose, uh, especially for for us being um, the farthest or second furthest away, I guess from from DC. So uh, yeah, I think that's yeah. cool that they figured that out. No, you're absolutely right. Again, calling out the St. Joe's, I think, is one of the biggest two games for me, doubleheader kind of thing. Uh, they beat us three times last year, right? <laughs> so uh, uh, so kind of hard to do it to a team. It's hard to beat a team three times, um, but they did it. So I think um, uh, I think that's the biggest uh, factor there when it comes to those double kind of doubleheader-esque games. But, yeah, I think um, – and, again, this is kind of mutually fair. The only thing that scares me, honestly, is the new Davidson logo – um but i think we'll we'll live to learn with it um pretty jarring but yeah yeah it's it's a little just a little it's definitely a detail i'm like yeah i I, again i'm biased the old one looked fine to me but yeah again uh if we just some jump back to non-con for me always happy Mm -hmm. always happy to see a good old uic and chicago state mixing there um even the eastern illinois i think that's an interesting one um we're gonna see an old uh old i don't know friend of the program friend of the team um, in the old, uh, good old, um, Evanston head coach. Um, he's down there at Eastern Illinois. So yeah, I think again, finding those programs like that, uh, again, Marty Simmons down there, Eastern Illinois hooking up that UIC, right? We got some familiar faces even on the squad. We played them last year at their place and then Chicago state. Um, even though some Chicago state might be the lower end of that for sure. Um, I think just being able to get some of these local games um, are really great just for us, but also for the city. Um, maybe one day we'll get that that school in Evanston to maybe want to join. Um, but no DePaul. That was probably the toughest thing. Um, they yeah. did take one from us, so I would like that back on the schedule. Just I, I don't want to end it. Um, I don't want to end it either on a loss, but I don't want to end the series. I think that would be really silly. Um so, yeah, I think, honestly, though, it looked like a bad loss for us, even though we had a bad season. But uh, I think we both would benefit from that game for sure. So we'll see. Especially, like, after how the coaches were talking. Like, Stubblefield yeah. wanted it. Drew wanted it. Like, I, yeah, I know there's 
there's talk and saying the right things and stuff, but like, it just felt like a no brainer. So yeah, I was, I was definitely disappointed about that too. Yeah. I think, I think honestly it would be like, I guess I'm more intrigued. Where was their record when they, they, like it's the records that turned after that. Yeah. It just, I think that's where, again, they, they finished, they finished with a, again, a 10 and 23 record. Oh, that sounds familiar. Right. Because, uh, things kind of didn't go our way either. Uh, so yeah, I think that's just maybe that I, I definitely I agree with you. Talk is talk is kind of cheap, but we finished with a ten and twenty one record, so um, maybe 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 we weren't uh, too keen to jump it on that uh, quickly. But um, yeah, but yeah, I, I I would love it to be back on. Who I if anyone says no, we don't. I think you're silly, um, personally. But they also I think I look they kind of got a little bit of a harder maybe non con that they're trying to trying to go up <laughs> against. Um, they are playing Northwestern. I did see DePaul, so a yeah. uh, little disappointed there. But we'll find it. We'll find it away. Um, again, I think always trying to reach out in your local esque area, right? The, the the tri-state area, you maybe could say, right? Like maybe one year we'll see Valpo there, right? Um, mm-hmm. I think that would be cool to to throw on for sure. But yeah, again, extremely excited for the non-con conference play. Of course, different story of what maybe last year brought us. So that would be exciting. But yeah, I know for sure we'll we'll go into detail with all that um probably a later episode yeah i mean speaking of conference play we can just get right to it we can go and uh kind of discuss uh what the a10 is looking like for this season uh at least what uh the almanac thinks uh and then yeah. kind of go from there and just see what say what we think too yeah so same thing we're kind of uh we did this last year, and again, we, we got to give credit to or credit to and hardworking people there. But uh, the CBB kind of came out with their almanac again, right? So this is more the previews. Uh, we dived into it last year, and I think it was a great resource for previews again. Personally, it that really gets outdated once you're nearly halfway through non-con. Things change. Uh, players are playing different. But, yeah, so far, um, it made some big – it makes some – it stirred the pot a little bit, uh, especially in the A-10. Uh, the almanac had um, – not only again, I think Dayton at one makes sense, especially who they brought back. But we only we ourselves stirred the pot. Loyola Chicago Ramblers they have us coming in at six in the projected uh, standings uh, to end the year of this coming season. So that was a shocker for me uh, personally. Um, I really just thought ten would even be a stretch. Um, now again, for those trying to wonder, right? Ten does not even get you out of playing on Tuesday. You need to be top nine to not play the first day. Um, because those are going to be three games on that first day. So uh, six definitely puts us ahead of that, um, and six even puts us as like the the home team, um, in some of those games. So yeah, big shocker there. I think to a lot of people, even our A10 Talk Network uh, was a little shocked, and people were somewhat a little straight to the point of why they think they were indifferent with it. But I get it. Um, but I think a lot of other teams have seen a lot more change than what we've had. Right? I think some consistency on our end has mm-hmm. stayed. Um, but definitely a lot more teams have maybe seen change. But, yeah, Buck, I think, um, again, uh, besides the standings, I, I think the – honestly, for me, some of the awards were pretty straightforward. They gave out uh, Holmes as player of the year. That makes sense. Uh, Ryan Odom, though, new coach there at, at VCU. Uh, they have him getting coach of the year. I think, honestly, when you're at a new program, as long as you don't completely have a horrible season, you might be up for that running for sure. But uh, we'll see again coming in new. But – yeah, I don't know, Buck, if you want to talk about that, but I think the biggest storyline 
would have to be who they had on second team. But I want to make sure you cover what you think of standings hmm. or anything there. Yeah, yeah. I think I'll just kind of take the top little portion. Like you mentioned, Dayton number one. I think that's pretty obvious, uh, just with who they who they return, uh, especially in Darren Holmes. But uh, they they have some other key returners as well. Um, I think probably their biggest loss would be losing Tumani Kamara, who was All Conference last season. Uh, but getting their guards back and having them be healthy, I think is is probably would be their biggest addition. And Malachi Smith and Kobe Elvis, uh, both those two, I think, are just huge for what they do, and they were both really kind of banged up all season. Um, you mentioned it, but VCU having a new head coach, uh, the Almanac has them coming in at second. Um, yeah, I, I think that's a little bit of a stretch. I mean, just considering it's just a brand-new team. Um, I know he brought a lot of his players over with him, but, I mean, just all they lost, like, I, I don't know. It just, to me, it, it seems like a bit of a stretch. Um, I definitely think VCU is a top five team in the A-10, but I think it's just kind of one of those, for me at least, it's like prove it that you can do it in this conference uh, type of deal. So I don't know that I'd have them as high as second. Uh, and then Bonnie's in uh, the next, like we'll just go three, four, five, Bonnie's, Duquesne, and St. Joe's. Personally, I think St. Joe's is a little underrated here. I'd actually have them as high as like second. I'm I'm really high on St. Joe's this year. I think they're going to be really solid. Just <laughs> yeah, returning all they returned. Yeah, uh, we talked about this, right? Like just yeah. the amount of guys they returned, and also our experience with St. Joe's, just knowing how to beat uh, beat us. Um, yeah. I think that's the that's the biggest thing there for sure. But definitely, yeah. definitely think they can uh, can be a little bit more of an impact there. Yeah, they just have, I mean, just we learn time and time again how important, like, really good guard play is in this league. And uh, now they have some older guards, too, the guards that have been there for a while. Um, Eric Reynolds, obviously, is just a stud. Like, I think he really has a chance. I think he has a chance to be the player of the year. Um, I know that's a stretch, but I think he's got that potential. Lynn Greer is crazy good. Cameron Brown is legit as a as a grad student now. Like I just I just think they're gonna be good. So that's my team of like who I think is a little bit underrated here. Um, but yeah, if you I know we disagree on one team, so if we get there, we can go for that. But like otherwise, like if you have any highlights, maybe one team you think's underrated or or the other other way around. Yeah, even with St. Joe's at five, I do think they could be underrated. Um, I think maybe the biggest thing from the um, from the Almanac is that not one single uh, St. Joe's players is in their all-conference first team. Yeah, or that's second, crazy. Or sorry, only one player is, sorry. Um, I was shocked only one player is, which is Eric Reynolds. Uh, I think Lynn Greer could be potentially there. But again, a lot of a lot of good names. But yeah, I think, to your point, St. Joe's could easily slide up. Um, Duquesne is the wild card one we at four. Uh, Richmond, I think, and Fordham should be getting the heck out of top ten. Um, yeah. Though, again, Fordham surprised a lot of people, I think, last year. But two of those three key surprises are gone from the team. Uh, again, that's Quisenberry and Moore. So that's a, that's a big hit for me. Um, personally, I think where we, again, we talked about the disagreement. I totally think SLU could be a silent little uh, <laughs> mover there. Um, I know they lost some uh, key piece in a guard. But I, I think, think they could be experience. a I think they can be a mover too, but I just think they're going to be moving down. <laughs> yeah, I highly disagree there. I think they're going to be like... <laughs> back back but because i think there's just too many like they're not a umass they're not a george mason um but i, I think they're definitely uh different again like richmond 
Richmond surprises me being seven, but who knows? Yeah, that's crazy to me. I don't think Richmond deserves to be in the top 12. Like, I really think they're a bottom three team next year. It's it just personally hard to watch. Again, we, we say it's not a one-player team, right? We say it's multiple players, but when you lose a player just like Tyler Burton, also so late yeah. in the season, right? He, he transferred after debating, um, and then he was maybe the draft, and then it was like, oh, I'm actually going to leave. And it's like, okay. Like, yeah. again, it might not have been two, but it was June, right? So it's kind of one of those things that's like, oh, maybe we need to refigure group our team. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think also I'll give a reason why I, don't, I think SLU's too high. Um, and this this is <laughs> – if, if we were a SLU podcast, this would really ruffle some feathers. I don't think their coaching is all that great. Like, with <laughs> all they had last year, uh, like – Yuri, Jim Jimerson, like a couple guys leaving, Perkins, whatever. Like, they just have so much talent, man. They had a legit big too. I'm not saying he was like all conference, but their big was super solid. Like, I, yeah, I, I just think they, uh, I think they really missed out on a really good opportunity to take advantage of a really mid uh, A10 year. So, uh, I know there's some people. I'm sure there's lots of SLU fans that would probably agree with me, too, uh, that, that coaching there is uh, – uh, could use some improvement. <laughs> yeah, I think when it comes to coaching, especially in a roster, for me, it's it's going to be SLU Dayton. Um, yeah. Again, I think this year, personally, if Dayton – like, I, I almost go on the flip side, even though I know they're one, if Dayton doesn't go to the tournament – um, yeah. I think uh, our, our our good old man again. The he came home, uh, but I think Anthony Grant is is long gone uh, from Dayton if he doesn't yeah. make it. Um, He's and again, got it. now granted, I know one year no postseason, and they would have easily made in the tournament. But in in five years, he's technically only been to the tournament once, and then yeah. it three times. So not really, not really the the resume. I think Dayton thought they'd be getting for sure. And it's still like, yeah, I, I'm sure some, like you said, people could say, oh, they would have gone really far in that tournament. But, uh, you know, the reality is they didn't. So, like, you know, what have you done for me lately? Uh, and that, that really is how this business, how, how coaching goes in, in this sort of day and age. Like, you have to win, especially if there's those expectations uh, that have been set from, from that school, from those fans, from uh you what they what they have had in years past like yeah i i'm with you they have to make the tournament this year i think i think he's on the hot seat yeah i think uh i, I think it's you're really similar right like we were i think we joked last year surprise slew didn't even try to make a movement with coaching there and then of course from our context of slew people and then also just the statement they're like no we're, we're not moving on from our boy right and you're like okay but like he had a stacked team and he did nothing yeah. Really, that's again. Travis Ford was in his seventh year, right? So you're like, well, that's a while. And personally, for me, Grant is seeing his what is this his third year with Holmes? Yeah. So it's like a player who's almost consistently up for Player of the Year every year that he's played. <laughs> so yeah. it's like if you have such a talent, how could you, how like how could you not use it? You could potentially say, but again, I do like your point of like it comes down maybe to coaching and. Maybe that's also what the um, – the, I, did I didn't really think about it too much, but now you make me think – my last point maybe on the projected standings, or maybe it comes down to coaching, right? Um, mm-hmm. 
I think Bonnie's up there at three surprised me for sure. I know they made some decent uh, transfer moves with Charles Pride and everything, but Banks being there and Venning, I talked about off air, I think could be a massive uh, impact on the A10. But their coach, right, been there, knows what he's doing. So, yeah, could easily be that. Um, so we'll be intrigued for sure. But, yeah, definitely yeah, some shakeup, is, I think, yeah. from what I thought was going to go into a preseason ranking. Um, but, again, I think the A10 just – it almost emulates what it, what the A10 is because, really, a few a few different uh, breaks of the of a game could maybe shift some teams up, down, or something, six maybe six spots or so, I feel. So, yeah. Definitely, yeah. Um, the you had mentioned earlier about the all conference teams, and there was something you wanted to talk about. Was that was it the St. Joe's thing, or what? What were you? Was something about the second team? Uh, yeah. Well, I was just saying honestly for us. Um, so uh, again, yeah. I think this might have been right the first year we didn't have anyone on all conference in maybe a while. It's been um, a while, yeah. At least since probably Milt before Milt, huh? Milton Doyle. Yeah, I think we've at least had maybe one player. Um, on a team. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just going to confirm here when I pull up last year's. Um, but the only thing, uh, Schweiger was on all freshmen, but I don't, I, you're talking like all conference, right? Yeah. I'm just talking about conference play. Yeah. No, uh, again. Uh, so that, that was kind of like definitely tough, right? So yeah, Ben was the only one who really got an award from a team perspective, but yeah, mm-hmm. they have projected um, our good old high flying man Phil um, joining it, and I definitely think uh, a year under his belt can get him there. Um, but there's definitely other players that can trickle in, right? Um, we don't know um, how, what Patrick or Dame or Greg uh, Greg might impact right away. Um, Braden yeah. has been there, done that with conference teams. Um, again, I know that's not kind of maybe something he's striving toward as the only goal but i think uh if they if the cards are played right or dealt right i think those names could be up there but happy to see phil there for sure and again i I definitely think a year under his belt it's crazy to think what more he could do but i think there's definitely more and drew emulated that at the end of the season right after playing Mm -hmm. a full year of kind of more organized than what he had before at the d2 areas yeah yeah, it's definitely really cool to see him up on getting this all-conference sort of preseason uh, hype. Um, you know, I, I just think it just goes to show what Loyola can do, how they can develop players, uh, especially transfer players who have had uh, from from every level. I mean, we've seen transfer players from D2, uh, like we saw with like Tate Hall, too, um, or other D1 players like Braden, um, and, and it could be a D one transfer from a power five conference like Clayton Custer or, you know, it, it just, it time and time again, Loyola has proven that they can develop and get more out of transfer players than what they were doing at their, at their last stop. So, um, yeah, we said it before, but they really are transfer you, I think. And, and Phil is just going to be another, another addition to that long line of uh, players who are all conference. Cause I, I think he's going to do it. I think he's going to be all conference this year. Uh, yeah, I think we, we try not to emulate like only sole singular out person awards, but I think it's just what impact he can make. I definitely think it would be definitely granted and definitely earned. Um, and there's other guys who I easily think that could fall into their bucket. So yeah, to your point, right? Like just that idea that that mindset of doing that was just something that could be next level for not only the guys themselves or just for the team. 
especially after yeah. the way we, we kind of ended things and how the season struck out last year, for sure. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, that's but, all, all I got on, like, the conference stuff for now. Um, yeah, for now, for sure. I think we'll, we'll dive in more, uh, absolutely. But, yeah, I think, lastly, I really just wanted to highlight recruiting. Um, yeah. Because we, as much as we're only talking about the preseason, we got to always think about, or at least Buck and I do, we, we think about what's the future each year coming with a, a set of new faces or what guys can. And like Buck just said, right, like recruiting – makes uh makes some teams right each season and how we mm-hmm. develop those guys so um yeah i think uh we only right now have one commit and that's a good old jack turner um staying strong leading the way um uh, for our commit uh certain guys have starting to trickle off right we've had offers out there um we saw a few one go to oklahoma uh we saw one uh we can say it now right dylan grant um who committed to rutgers was actually hours away from verbally committing to us um Mm -hmm. and then that he brought that back and now is going to rutgers according to his commitment so names are being tossed there people are coming for visits it's it's things are moving um but i think it's just been an interesting period where we hadn't especially after aau ball and summer ball and going into some of these guys senior year some guys like to have that commitment before their senior year starts um, and we just we don't have that um, besides Jack, who, uh, again, um, Jack's been committed with us for nearly a year, I think. Yeah, back, I think, beginning of the year last year, Jack committed. Um, so, yeah, really interesting. Um, nothing wrong. I think a lot of the guys we're going after are high potential guys. Um, I do think, though, this is like a pretty much uh, strong sentiment of saying we want to try to see if we can get kind of power five high mid major guys yeah um kind of that area instead of just like a true mid major group um which nothing wrong with a mid major group but i think we're trying to see if we can compete and again drew has noted and he said in last year's um a10 kind of media day right he wants guys who were coming to loyola for loyola not like him and Han being like hey you're cool it's great he wants guys to be invested so I also think that's definitely a character thing he's looking for in guys. But, yeah, that's kind of recruiting. Uh, there's no really uh, big update. We haven't had any insider information since one that kind of dropped off a, a f- uh, the last episode. But, yeah, again, excited to see the moving things that happen and maybe if we offer here. But maybe look toward uh, another transfer portal impact. And then that's just how things go. You, you even see it, right? Maybe I didn't think I'd drop this in, but you see that with Dion and certain schools like that, right? transfer portal is maybe what can help or hurt we won't know until we try it out but buck that's kind of recruiting in a nutshell right there what what do we think yeah my my one point which you kind of you kind of started was just like that the quality of player that we're going after and i also think it's pretty clear that we don't want a huge uh freshman incoming freshman class like uh we've said or obviously we have the commitment from jack turner uh, and then we've had, you know, probably around two-ish guys that have either committed or, like, been really close. Um, and I think that just goes to prove that we're not trying to get five or six guys. Because I think if we were, then you might see some other, like you said, kind of mid-major type guys um, committing. Uh, whereas I think we're going for, like, maybe two more um, sort of high mid-major or the, like, outskirts of power five type players um which is really exciting i I think um 
we've heard from so many different sources that we are we can get those type of players and now it's just a matter of like actually getting those type of players to commit um i do think miles rubin uh was on that brink i mean he had depaul right he had a depaul offer so um those are the type of guys and that sort of level that i think we're in play for now and uh it just happened like you mentioned too drew wants those guys that want to be at Loyola and so it's just that's a special type of a very specific subset of the top you know 200 or 250 prospects so uh it's gonna take some uh some some vetting some you know visits lots of phone calls lots of um watching lots of film going out to visit them at their uh you know their their high school or their open gyms or whatever so um, it's all good stuff. I think it's unfortunate that we haven't gotten uh, one or an additional one, but also um, I think even if we don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think we got to freak out if we don't get a, a couple more incoming freshmen because there is just so many transfers every year now, uh, and uh, we kind of said this offline too, but even like JUCO, like we've proven that we can take a, a D two kid or JUCO kid, like and make them into a, a very good to great um, uh, co- uh, college player, you know, uh, at, at Loyola. So, yeah, um, no, absolutely. Yeah. I think to, I want to just prop up your point. You said it earlier, even when we talked about just our roster. But, yeah, I don't think we should be ringing any bells because transfers and stuff, we know how to kind of develop them. Now, granted, I think mm-hmm. last year there are a few transfers that I think – just did not develop the way I thought. And maybe also Drew even said himself there was one transfer. They kind of took responsibility and not giving maybe the opportunity. So I think also Drew himself is maybe learning more especially because, um, again, last year's roster was kind of his. The year before, kind of given to him and not saying he didn't know the roster, but this is now he's developing it, trying to figure out where he pulls from the transfer portal, especially, like you said, it's so large now, not just naturally what people also – know about and it's not something to be like oh he's guessing that it'll be large like no because of the availability to transfer it's going to just be now a quantity of players it's trying to find like we said earlier before we started that quality of that player whether it be that high mid major the low power five or just power five just that reach of quality um is in that pool of high many players so yeah absolutely i think that's something to look forward to throughout the year and i think excited to see my last point, and it has to do with the kid that just committed this past year and is now on the team in Miles Rubin, I, yeah. I think that it, it, it'll be really interesting watching his development this year because, I mean, when was the last time we had, like, an incoming freshman that made a huge impact, right? Like, Jalen Quinn had his moments. Dawson played decent at the beginning of the season. Um, like, obviously, Schweiger had a, a great, great season this year, but he took a, a redshirt year. So, I just I, – I think it'll be – if Miles has a, even a decent season, right, where he's consistently playing 12 minutes a game or something like that, like then other recruits can see, oh, Drew doesn't mind playing a true freshman. Like, and then they can see, oh, if, he, if, if this true freshman is making an impact, I can also come to Loyola and make an impact right away. So it might not impact the incoming class for 2024, but definitely could impact the incoming class of like 2025 and so on and so forth. Yeah, I, uh, I've said this actually to some people who are asking what I think. 
And I, if I remember correctly, the last time we had a, an incoming big, um, and then we had some graduate or senior level uh, seniors to maybe who are also bigs. Um, mm-hmm. The name Ryan with Cam, and the other big was named uh, Carson, and things happened pretty well there. Uh, so, uh, so uh, I'm not saying it's the same, but I do think having that leadership with with young mix, and I think that's what Drew has known that we had right that mix of senior leadership, senior experience, and then a young uh, can help because even guys you could technically say right like Trey Lewis is going to be a freshman, right? So he'll yeah. be maybe starting from square one. We could say technically right because of the redshirt year. So. Guys like that, and like you said, um, again, Jaden getting back into it, Jalen Quinn, um, and the Almanac said that, and we'll dive more into it, but really there's so much opportunity, and I think that's what hopefully Drew's looking for in a lot of these guys. Yeah, lots of opportunity this year. Uh, Lots of potential, and I think some more answers than questions, like last year when we had more questions than answers. So... Uh, yeah, that's kind of all I got. Uh, Lou, any any last thoughts? Not necessarily about recruiting, but anything to do with Loyola or this upcoming year? Uh, just, uh, I, I, I guess the big thing with us, Loyola, we hopefully only get better from what we did last year. But, no, we got a plethora of things coming out, right? Um, I'll be heading to the open practice, so we'll see that, um, see how that goes, um, see who maybe some sneak peeks of how guys uh, guys are playing. Um, but yeah, no, excited to see things. And then, yeah, November 8th can't come here sooner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only other thing I have, uh, I think some people, I shared it on our, our podcast Twitter. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'll be coaching, uh, at Roosevelt this year. I've, I've mentioned it on a previous podcast, but I think now that we're back in the season, maybe some of our other listeners will be tuning in. So, um, I'm coaching on the women's side at Roosevelt University down, downtown Chicago. So uh, I, you know, I don't know necessarily what our schedule is going to look like. It might just be more irregular. Um, it might not be for sure every single Sunday night or Monday night that the, the podcast is posted. But we still intend to make weekly episodes. Um, you know, it might just be one week it's a Monday, then the next week it's Wednesday, then the next week it's Friday. You know, it could be something like that. So, um, just kind of bear with us. Uh, and if people ever want uh, stories from my season, uh, let me know. I'll make sure I can share what I can share. But uh, um, we'll do a coach's been, corner check-in. We'll do a coach's check-in. That would be funny. <laughs> you, yeah, that would be funny. I just like totally talk about all my players. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's been a blast so far, and uh, I will say that we got some pretty dope uh, media day picks in front of Buckingham Fountain. So that was it's pretty darn cool. Um, so yeah, loyal. If you want to take any notes, then go ahead. You can you can seal that one. You, that one's free. That one's on the house. So take that one, and then the next one I'll charge you. So there you go. Yeah, cool. Well, uh, yeah, that's all I think we got here from Buck and Lou at Podcast Sixty Three. Uh, thank you so much for bearing with us for now six seasons. Uh, but um, we hope you enjoy uh, this preseason episode and the rest of them to come. So thank you so much. Don't forget, always remember, go Blairs. <laughs>